With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. From the station bringing you every Broncos game. Touchdown, Denver! This is Broncos Country Tonight. Presented by Betfred Sports. Never miss a bet with Betfred Sports on KOA. Welcome to Broncos Country Tonight. Benjamin Albright here with you. Michael Coover. Back there running things. I survived my flamethrower. I told everybody on Wednesday that I was going to go out there and and test this thing out, clear the driveway out with it. Uh, We took some video. I did post it up on my Twitter account. Went a little viral. I uh, had some some interview requests about it, which was ridiculous. It's not like I'm the only one doing this thing. Like, there are people out there that do this. But I, I bet uh, you're the only one in Denver doing it. It's it, And here's the thing. I keep getting so many people ask me. It's totally legal in Colorado. It might not be legal in my, my HOA, but it's totally legal. So I got out there and, you know, flamethrow a driveway. Had a little bit of fun with that. It, it makes, I mean, like, shoveling is not fun. Shoveling snow is not fun. If you've ever shoveled snow, you know it's not fun. Your back hurts, all that kind of stuff. Makes It, it made clearing the driveway fun. I'll just say that. You own a snowblower? Uh, I don't. I mean, I, I, I probably should get one, but I don't. Beats taking out a flamethrower to your driveway. No, it doesn't. Let me ask you this. Once you get through and down, is, it, is, it, is, your, driveway now, is your driveway now black? No. From the it, flames? No, not at all. Really? Yeah, it's, it's concrete. Concrete doesn't turn to ash. Not, like, at least burn. Yeah, but I'm not like napalming it or anything. It's just gasoline. It looked like to me you napalmed it. <laughs> but it was, the video was at night, so that's that's part of the reason that so the video would pop, you know, a little bit more. Because some of the some of the video looked like ridiculous, like the getting the drone shot above it, you know. I didn't see that part. Yeah, I've got a couple of those. I'll I'll end up posting the rest of them. Five who's six it, six nine zero is the text line. Who's out there videoing that? Oh, it was me and my buddy Jake was there, and we were you know we were going through doing the nice. doing the whole thing. It was great. Um, but anyway, I survived for those of you who are saying I was going to somehow immolate, self-immolate. I, I did survive. I did make it. And here we are on a Friday with a jam-packed show. we got Rick Lewis coming up at 635, color analyst of the Denver Broncos. Get a chance to talk to him a little bit about this uh, weekend slate of games, latest in the coaching search. We'll get to, uh, our latest in the coaching search here in just a few. Uh, at 7 p.m., we got the Let's Talk Broncos podcast people all in here. That'll be Zach Seegers, Joey Richards, uh, Bree Mastis. Bree was on with us yesterday on the podcast. Um, and that will be uh, from the 7 to the 8 o'clock hour. Get a chance to talk to them about the coaching search. I, the reason I wanted to get them in is because they vehemently disagree with me that Dan Quinn should be the next head coach of the Denver Broncos. And on this show, we love dissent. On this show, I love people with, uh, with other opinions. I'll be honest with you. I would be uh, with the Let's Talk Broncos group. I am not a Dan Quinn fan at all. No? No. Why not? I, I, 
I liked him when he was in Seattle running the defense there. Mm-hmm. I got to know him a little bit. Uh, we had him on a couple of shows after they won the Super Bowl, and he's a really nice guy. And um, But what he did as a head coach, I think that was more Kyle Shanahan than Dan Quinn. Mm. And also Kyle Shanahan, obviously, when they lost the Super Bowl as well uh, for the play calling there. And in Dallas, I just think it's a, it's a defense that's really good, but it's also a defense that – runs around with their heads cut off sometimes, not really knowing what the heck they're doing. They take bad penalties at times, and I just think they're undisciplined at times as well, and I think that falls on Dan Quinn. Interesting. I uh, They were undisciplined under Mike Nolan as well. Obviously, they're getting more turnovers, takeaways, sacks, all that kind of stuff now with Dan Quinn. They've gone from a historically bad defense to a very good one, but... Uh, I you know I could I could see that if they're taking that many penalties or whatever if if it prohibits their performance then I'm definitely but the way I look at it right now is the defense is still good despite taking those penalties so that what that says is is you probably do need to coach it a little bit better but also what they're doing is so effective that the penalties don't even matter. No, I, I agree with that. And they also have a they also have a corner out there who decides that he wants to try to make a big play on every single yeah. play instead of just making the regular play mm-hmm. out there and putting people in front of you, making the stop. And I think that goes on Dan Quinn as well, is that that's coaching. Tell the kid, do you want to know what? Stop trying to get a pick six on every single play that's coming at you. Yeah, I and I definitely agree with that point. Uh you're talking about Diggs, I believe. And, yeah, and that's, Trayvon Diggs. That's been the knock on him. He's always seeking the the big play to his detriment. In fact, there were quarterbacks that would just throw at him on purpose because he was that guy. He would he would try to make the big play. They knew they could bait him with double moves, and so that that's that's something he's had to improve on. I don't think the Broncos, if we bring him here, I don't think they have a corner like that. Was Ron Darby suddenly going to morph into that guy, a guy who doesn't catch them anyway? I think that's one thing that Pat Sertan does very well is he doesn't necessarily go for everything, keeps everything in front of him, but he also is a guy that really doesn't let the guy get open to even be thrown at in the first place. Mm -hmm. And Trayvon Diggs is somebody who has a lot of picks, but he's also somebody that the other team will seek out mm-hmm. knowing that they can get a big play on him at some point. Well, right, and that's the, that, is the knock on, that is the knock on Trayvon Diggs. It has been the knock on Trayvon Diggs is that the quarterback rating thrown against on him is horrendous. And I will say this about Dan Quinn as well. He does a good job of using Micah Parsons all over the football field, but I think uh, you and me could be the defensive coordinator and figure out, you want to know what? We can put Micah Parsons pretty much anywhere on the football field, and he's able to make plays. So maybe I shouldn't give him a whole lot of credit for that because Micah Parsons is just that good. And they've got some other guys on that team as well that plays really good defense. You know, and the Dallas Cowboys, they have been an up-and-down team all year this year. I mean, they've looked really good like they did against Tampa, but the week before when they played all their starters in week 18, Mm -hmm. guess what? They stunk. Against the Washington Commanders, yeah. I mean, they were god awful in that football game. Yeah, I, and and that's they've been holding that defense together with pops, uh, popsicle sticks and duct tape for a while. But uh, with Micah Parsons, it's interesting to me because he was brought in to be an inside linebacker. When they drafted him, they did not draft him as an edge rusher. They drafted him as an inside backer, and or or, or a will really. They, they, it wasn't really the Mike. It was more more a will, but. They, 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 they didn't draft him to be what it is that he became. And when they got him into camp, they saw the potential there. And they sort of moved him around and kind of gave him pass rushing opportunities. And he kept excelling with it, so they kept doing it. But is that on Dan Quinn for recognizing that talent? 
and, and, and utilizing it, or is that just on Micah Parsons for excelling so much he was undeniable? I think it's a little bit of both. And if you remember, Micah Parsons coming out into that draft had some off-the-field issues that I think right. backed a lot of teams off. He was in that same draft as Sertan, was he not? He was, and I will tell you that the, that the Dallas Cowboys want, had Sertan higher on their board than Parsons. Uh, the, and I will also tell you that if the Denver Broncos had not drafted Pat Sertan, if Carolina had drafted him, or if New Orleans, who was trying to trade up in that draft, had leapfrogged them, they would have wound up with my, we would have wound up with Micah Parsons. Wow. Wow. And that would have solved a lot of problems on this, on this football team to give some athleticism at the linebacker position, which currently they have some guys out there who are, who are pretty athletic, such as Baron Browning mm -hmm. and, and, and the like. But I think if you put Micah Parsons out there, he is at a totally another level than what Baron Browning's at. And we all know Baron has made some big-time plays this past season. But to put Micah Parsons on this defense, I'll be honest with you, if I know now what I know now versus then, mm -hmm. I think I would have drafted Micah Parsons over Pat Sertan, <laughs> despite the fact that Sertan has been so good. I don't think I would have, but I, I, do get, I, I totally get the argument for it. I still think the corner is more valuable in today's passing league. But I get it. Um, there's two schools of thought. And, and one school of thought is, is you want to invest in people that can generate enough pressure so that your cover guys don't have to cover. And the other school of thought is you want to invest in cover guys that can cover long enough so that your pressure can get there. And the truth is probably somewhere in the middle. But Vic Fangio subscribed to the latter philosophy. Draft the Sertans of the world. Your coverage unit holds up and then your pass rush will get there. Wade Phillips subscribed to the former, the Michael Coover method, which yeah. is get the guys who can get there and the coverage won't matter. I, I, I am totally with that. And, and I like the way Evero did that uh, this year as well as the D.C. He brought a lot more pressure than what Vic Fangio did. Vic was one of those guys who would let the uh, other team go up and down between the 20 and the 20. And then once it got inside the red zone to stiffen up, make them kick the field goal. You know, and but I like the way Evero did it this year where he would put a little bit more pressure on. He was also good in the red zone this year with the Broncos. Mm. But. I, I, I'm one of those guys that if I can get to the pass rusher with my four and drop seven, then I think that's better than trying to bring extra pressure. And I think with a guy like Micah Parsons and at that point, Bradley Chubb on the other side, I mean, good grief. That would have been dynamic. Yeah. And I guess at the time you would have had Vaughn Miller on the team as well, would you not? Yeah, you'd have Vaughn and Chubb and, and Micah Parsons. Oh. Parsons probably would have, uh, this team would look a little different because I think you would have let Josie go. I don't think you would have Josie Jewell. I think you would have, obviously, it would have been Alexander Johnson and Micah Parsons on the inside with Parsons rotating through as a pass rusher as well. He would have been, you know, he would have been the fourth linebacker, but you take Alexander Johnson off the field or you take Parsons and, and rotate him through the edge rush, depending on how you, how you dropped your set. So it would, have been, it would have been interesting. I certainly would have loved to have seen exactly what Micah Parsons would have been in a Vic Fangio defense. But in the end, getting to be under Dan Quinn, who does believe in getting after the quarterback, believes that the front four need to get after the quarterback, probably did make Micah Parsons or help make Micah Parsons what he is today. And Micah Parsons is fantastic, as we've been saying. Um, I think it would have been interesting. They talked about that NASCAR package when Vaughn Miller and Bradley mm -hmm. Chubb was here. But if you actually had Chubb, Vaughn, and Micah Parsons, I mean, good grief. If I'm the quarterback sitting on the other side, and especially if I have a bad O-line, which Cincinnati may have this weekend since they have three guys out, I mean, good grief, you just you could just batter the other quarterback. Make him get rid of the football so early that it just blows my mind that, that what could have been. Yeah. Obviously, you don't know how good Micah Parsons was going to turn out, but to have those three guys 
that that, uh, that would have been interesting. But then again, he had the off-the-field issues that uh, a lot of teams didn't want to get into, and you were saying the Broncos would have taken him had Pat Sertan not been there, so I'm, I'm, I'm glad for that. And it turns out the guy, to be honest with you, outside of a, a couple of Twitter things that he said that kind of got out of hand uh, just because he didn't know any, any, any better, I mean, outside of that, Micah Parsons has been pretty much a model citizen in there in Dallas. Yeah, they've they've had somebody paired up with him for mentorship and all that. They've really done a good job of of kind of helping steer him. He was it was interesting because I was talking to a prominent NFL agent uh, down at the Senior Bowl the year that Micah Parsons was getting ready to enter the draft, and I'm talking to this guy and he's talking about you know getting in the room with certain players to you know to represent him and all that kind of stuff and. Um, he was talking about the absolutely exorbitant fee that Micah Parsons was charging just to have a sit down for you to come represent him. And this agent was like, look, man, with rookie deals, like he's like, you're going to be a hell of an NFL player. If you can, if you can keep your head on straight and keep it all, keep it all together. But with a rookie deal, I'm looking at a loss on you until well into your second contract. You know, when you get that outside your rookie, he's like, I'm losing money on you. Even if I charge the full 3%, which you're not going to let me do because there's, bit, there's a bidding war for your services here, I'm rolling the dice on this. He's like, this is a losing proposition for me. So apparently, Michael Parsons wanted like a million dollars or a half million dollars, something like that, just to have a sit down before he would even do, uh, before he would even uh, let, let you pitch to be his agent. And, and did he get those numbers? Yeah. And there were people that were sitting lining up and just tossing him money. Now, where do you wind up going? Did he go to CAA? I think so. I, I don't remember where he settled eventually, but uh, this this particular agent is uh, uh, is a very very prominent agent, and uh, for him not to even be in the room says something because he's. I mean, he's got the money; he can afford. That's the thing about the agent game is is so much of it is that second contract, you know. But he, um, if I remember right, like Parsons got dual repped, didn't he? Because Andre Odom was involved, and then didn't he like pair up with Mulligetta? Like Odom was the contract advisor, and Mulligetta was like the name of it. That, to, I'm not sure. It's, it's I'd, have to, I'd have to go back and look. Yeah, he went to athletes first, but I, I, I think it's Mulligetta and Andre Odom. And I, I'm not 100 on that, so if I'm wrong, somebody correct me on the text line, 56690. But I'm pretty sure that Andre Odom was the contract advisor and Mulligetta was the was considered the main agent. And they did it for 1% instead of the – because you're capped as an agent at 3% in the NFL. So I, I'm pretty sure they did it for 1%. But, but like what I say, the, this other agent, like he was just complaining about it because he's like, dude, he's like, you've got these allegations off the field, right? They're already going to bump you down. So you're not going to get your rookie deal is not going to be probably a top 10. And then you wound up at Dallas at what, 10th or 11th pick, 12th pick, whatever it was. Um, so you're not going to get that. He's like, I'm going to lose money at 3% of your rookie deal. I'm still going to lose money on you. I got to pay for, com- I got to pay for combine training. I got to, I got to pay for all this pre-draft stuff. It's like, I'm, I'm looking at being out 2 million before I even see a dime back from you. And then if you manage to stay healthy and if you manage to keep your head on straight and you succeed at the position, then you turn around and get to that second contract. That's when I'm starting to make money. And there are, that's, that's, that's the agent game. That's why being an agent is so tough. That's why so few guys have so many players because it's, it, because it's an upfront cash outlay that a lot of guys just don't have. That's what I was going to say. There's what drew Rosenhaus, Joel Siegel, Athletes first, CAA. Yeah, Mulligetta, yeah, CAA. You got, uh, you know, there's uh, Eric Burkhart. Um, you've got, you know, you've got quite a few, you, you know, you've got a dozen guys, 15 guys out there that represent the bulk of the league. And that's why. There's such a huge front-end cash outlay. And it's a gamble because if your guy gets hurt and doesn't get to a second contract, you know, think about that. Think about, think about the guy who signed Mitchell Trubisky thinking, I got a quarterback. 
when I get to that second money, I'm gonna when I get the second contract, I'm gonna rake. And you pay all that money up front for the, the combine training and all the all the, the pre-draft stuff. And then Mitchell Trubisky goes out and signs that what what did he sign for uh, with Pittsburgh? It was like eight million or eighteen excuse me, eighteen million dollar deal or whatever it was, but none of it was guaranteed. That's the problem with the agent game. Like, and what you know what we do is, is I'll have uh, I'll, I'll reach out to somebody. We'll get uh, I'll get one of these agents on here. We'll get we'll get a chance to talk about that because I, I think a lot of people don't understand just how difficult a lot of what it is that uh, that these guys do. It was fourteen point two, two year fourteen point two. Uh, and he's with the Toners with Rep One, but you know, I mean, that, that's that's the thing. Like the Toners have a ton of quarterbacks, so it's it's okay that they miss on that. But but like, if you if you sign a guy, if you're a if you want to be an agent, right? And you you shell out the thirty grand that it's going to cost for for you to go through, do the training, get the licensure, get bonded, all that kind of stuff. So you're out thirty grand right off the bat. Then you've got to turn around, and you've got to convince somebody to sign with you, right? Because you, you know you're fresh face agent guy, you're not just going to get a job at an agency. You got to prove that you're you got to prove your hustle, right? So you got to go find a diamond in the rough somewhere. You got to go find a guy that you believe in that's going to get to a second contract. You got to sign that guy. You got to put him through combine training, get him drafted, make sure he keeps his head on straight. By the time you get to the point where you're you're at your break even, you're probably year six on the guy. And you've probably laid out, depending on how highly touted this person is, somewhere between a quarter and a half a, half a million dollars. I mean, excuse me, a quarter and a half million dollars. Because all the top guys are going to be signed somewhere. You're not going to just jump into a top 50 pick. You're going to get a day three guy. That's going to be your first client, right? Unless you're Nicole Lynn. She seems to have jumped right in full force and in, in signing first round picks. Yeah, so, I mean, she had she she cut her teeth a little bit differently, uh, but she did she did a good job. She had some some early hits, but she also got signed to an agency. Like she didn't do it independent right off the bat. She worked she interned through an agency and got some connections that way. It's just tough. I mean, I'm just telling you guys the agent, and I don't remember how we got on this tangent, but the agent game is tough. It was the Parsons outlay, the cash outlay. That's what it was. That's why so, it was so. That's why it was somewhat interesting. The movie Jerry Maguire, which was which was fairly realistic in the standpoint when he went off on his own, mm-hmm. and he had all he was trying to get take all his clients with him, and the only one that stuck, and then he has to do all of this stuff just to keep that one client uh-huh. and make him happy, and sh- as they say, show me the money. Uh-huh. Yeah, that, uh, that, that that movie Jerry Maguire, uh, directed by Cameron Crowe, was. Uh, um, or written by Cameron Crowe was was uh, based on Crow. yeah b- based on Lee Steinberg. Yep, the agent uh, is a friend of mine. Um, Pat Mahomes' agent. Yeah, Paxton Lynch's agent actually. Ah. Also, um, yeah, that, it's, it's loosely based on Lee Steinberg. Lee um, Lee has a fantastic party, Super Bowl party every year. Uh, if you can wrangle an invite, I, I would suggest going. I've uh, been there before. The Lee's party. Yep. Yeah, I've got the I, I get the carded invite every year, but um, it's it's a it's a fantastic event and. You know, I really Lee's really turned his life around since he quit drinking. He's been sober. Um, he's, he's really, really done well. You know, with that, and uh, I, I count him among among my friends. He's a he's a good he's a good person. No doubt about that. I mean, he when he was when he was on his game. I mean, he had almost every big name quarterback there was: Troy Aikman, mm-hmm. Warren Moon. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you name it, and it was a who's who. And he was the guy when it came to quarterbacks in the NFL. Then obviously he had the drinking problem. I got out of the agent game. Now has bounced back, and obviously he's got Patrick Mahomes amongst others. So he's he's really a good 
good feel-good story of a, a guy who came back from the depths who was once at the top, and now he's kind of climbing in his way back up to the top again. Yeah, really is, and he's doing a good job. I would encourage people, um, and, and I know we've been all over the place in this segment, but I would encourage people that uh, if, if they are considering getting into that and, get in, you know, they, they kind of think the agent game might be for them, Lee puts on some seminars every year. Um, some of them are, you know, physical seminars where you go out and, and they cost a little bit because they've got to rent the space. But he does some virtual seminars every once in a while, too. And I would highly encourage people who are interested in that subject matter to to attend those and uh, and take a look at that. 56690 is the text line here. You're listening to Broncos Country Night. Benjamin Albright, Michael Coover back there. We're going to have uh, Rick Lewis joining us in the next segment. We'll get a chance to talk to him about the uh, Broncos coaching search and where they go from here. Uh, we will also get a chance to talk to Let's Talk Broncos people at uh, uh, 7 o'clock from 7 to 8. They'll be in. It'll be Joey Richards, Zach Seegers, Bree Mastis. You'll, you should know those names uh, if you listen to the show for any length of time. Um, but, uh, yeah, I wanted to get into to the text line here. We had some um, we had some interesting texts come in. Uh, did you guys just call the chipmunks squirrels? That's dating back to the Show Me the Money segment from the last show. Uh, yeah, they did. They had a blind squirrel, and somehow that morphed into uh Somehow that morphed into chipmunks. I, I don't know. We conflated the two. Uh, from the 303, saw the video bin. Funny stuff. You know you're a redneck when. Those flamethrowers are really used on ice. We get snow here. They, they really are. And really, that's what it was. Like, the reason I want to use the flamethrowers is because there was ice underneath that snow that had melted and frozen. And so I couldn't shovel it because there was that, that ice underneath there. So that was the point of using the flamethrower in the first place. Uh, from the 719, Ben, I know Atlanta had a stellar defense in 2017. Quinn was head coach. However, what would you attribute him having a bottom half of the league defenses other than that one year? By the way, I'm a Quinn guy. I would love your input. The reason that Dan Quinn had bad defenses in Atlanta has to do with personnel. Um, Thomas Dimitrov was the general manager there, and they they whiffed on a bunch of picks on the defensive side there, just a bunch of them. Um, Sean Witherspoon, Vic Beasley had like one year, I think. Um, they, they had, they just had a bunch of picks that they whiffed on there and they just couldn't get that thing built right. And I can get more into that here in a little bit. Uh, we got Rick Lewis coming up here on the other side. This is a Broncos country tonight. You know, KOA 850 AM 94, FM. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Broncos country tonight. Benjamin Albright. And I know what this is about. 
<laughs> Joined by Rick Lewis on the yeah. Achilles and Turtle Hotline. Rick, a uh, flamethrower. I love it. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, that uh, post you made on Twitter, uh, it's got a lot of people talking, Ben. And I know you just moved into a new house, and I'm pretty sure your HOA has already called a special meeting to ban flamethrowers <laughs> for snow removal and also to ban you from the neighborhood, man. There's got to be a lot of upset people in your neighborhood. I feel like after that, I'm looked at as basically the Griswolds, um, you yes. know, at that point yes. in time. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it was it was it was a fun thing, and uh, it's it's certainly taken on a life of its own now. But uh, uh, it was a fun thing that uh, it did, and uh, you know, I don't know. I, I'll get a chance. I'll make some more videos at some point. But uh, it certainly had Twitter uh, melting down. No pun intended. You know what kind of uh, kind of scared me or troubled me a little bit watching that video? There was a car parked on the street there. Mine. Like right at right at the bottom of the driveway. Am I right? Yes, mine. Yeah, and I kept thinking, man, what if the what if the gas tank explodes or something? If that flame just gets out there a little too far, gets under the gas tank, and boom, and then you blow your car up. Do you ever think about that? I think insurance will cover it, and that's how I look at that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I would uh, in the in the spirit of uh, uh, in the spirit of the Jay Giles band, I would I would give it one last kiss. Okay, so you're going to do it again. That's, That's what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, give I, it to me. I, give I, it to me. I do. Speaking of the Jay Giles band. I do. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm just about out of Jay Giles band references because I think the only other song I know is Centerfold. So. Uh, they, had a, they had a couple more. I might try to work them into the conversation. See if that. Uh, see if yeah, we we'll can see do where that. we go with this. I yeah. did want to tell you, uh, Merry Quinsmas. It is Dan Quinn's interview day, so Merry Quinsmas to you and yours. Um, I, <laughs> I <laughs> there the Broncos interviewing Dan Quinn is the last, the first round of interviews down there in Dallas Fort Worth area. That interview is uh, still ongoing at this point in time. Haven't heard anything out of out of that. Haven't really heard anything about a lot of these interviews. I mean, a little things here or there, but this ownership group has kept things pretty tight lipped. They have, and uh, I, I liked how thorough they've been. I, I like their their list of candidates. Uh, I don't think you could go wrong, really, with any of these guys. Uh, right now, Sean Payton is the odds-on favorite, according to uh, DraftKings and other uh, betting apps. Sean Payton, right now, number one in the clubhouse. Mm-hmm. And all the stuff you're hearing now, too. Colin Coward talking this week. Uh, really got Broncos fans either really excited or disappointed because I know a lot of people uh, are not uh, not good with Sean Payton, and I know you're one of them. I mean, it's it, not that I'm anti-Sean Payton. It's just I, I I've got a few bone to, bones to pick or whatever, and I, mm-hmm. I tend to I tend to want to look at things from the negative so that I can talk myself into it from the positive, if that makes sense. Yeah, I get that. I totally get it, and and you make some good points uh, regarding him. Uh, and Colin Coward said that Russell Wilson's been talking to him, which also upset some people out there in Broncos country. They don't want uh, Russ to have anything to do with the new hire because of the way the season went last year, and I totally get that too. Uh, I like Sean Payton. You know, I was pulling for Jim Harbaugh uh, from the very beginning, and when he tapped out, uh, I'm on the Sean Payton bandwagon right now. By the way, Sean Payton went to the same high school as me. Oh, did yeah. See, now yep. the connection comes yep, through. Yep. I was wondering what the connection. We had all these Stanford people. We had Dan Quinn with the George Payton connection. Uh-huh. I'm wondering what the Sean Payton connection is, and Rick Lewis breaks it right here. Rick Lewis and his high school connection to Sean Payton is what's going to bring him to the Broncos. That's right. Naperville Central High School. Uh, we weren't there at the same time. 
but uh, he graduated from there. I graduated from there. It's a huge high school uh, just outside of Chicago, and there's been a lot of pretty famous people that went to that high school. Uh, if you uh, if you go to Wiki uh, and check it out, Sean Payton <laughs> definitely one of them. And so that's the connection right there for me that makes me think that uh, Sean Payton will probably get this job, and then they'll that he'll probably want me to be some sort of assistant for him. Uh, I don't know what that would be. Um, I could be like his Flava Flav. Yeah. You know, I, I could be his hype man. Do you own basically. a giant clock necklace? You know, I could get one real quick, man. <laughs> I would go out and get one. I, I would be his hype man. You you could be uh, his Juicy Fruit man. Uh, Sean Payton exclusively chews Juicy Fruit gum. That's a real thing, by the way. Yeah, hey, I would do that, man. I, could, I would have these cases of Juicy Fruit gum. Yeah, you'll Anytime be the. Anytime he wanted a piece, I just pop it in his mouth. Little trivia for yeah, little trivia for everybody out there. Sean Payton loves Juicy Fruit gum. So there you go. Um, if Interesting. He, yeah, he is. He became the odds-on favorite on DraftKings, but he just became the odds-on favorite last night. Now, we'll clear a few things up as far as the Russell Wilson stuff. Russ has had a relationship for Sean Payton dating back years, so him speaking with Sean Payton is not new uh, as far as that kind of stuff goes, although it certainly did sound salacious on uh, on Coward. It wasn't illegal. It wasn't tampering, and it isn't new. They've had a pre-existing relationship. In fact, uh, Russell Wilson listed New Orleans on his list of teams that he would prefer to be traded to back when he was with Seattle. Unfortunately, New Orleans never made an offer. Um, as far as the rest of it goes, though, Sean Payton does have an interview with Carolina. Uh, Carolina is considered the other favorite, um, and they will be interviewed on Monday. That got moved from today for two reasons. One, David Tepper's wife did not complete mandatory NFL-required training on inclusivity prior to hiring interviews. And two, they had a player from the soccer team that uh, Dave Tepper owns in Carolina, the Charlotte uh, soccer team that he owns, uh, passed away. So they were they were unable to do the interview today. They're going to do that Monday. I don't know if that changes the timeline for the Denver Broncos. I don't know if that's a pro or a con for the Denver Broncos. But Carolina is the other player in this situation. Uh, all right, here's another uh, Jay Giles reference for you. First, <laughs> I look at the purse. Uh, check that song out, by the way. That's a great song by Jay Giles. And if I'm Sean Payton, uh, this ownership group has a really big purse. These mm-hmm. guys can outspend anybody. And the kind of money... Uh, that they're talking for Sean Payton. It's unbelievable. $20 million to $25 million a year. Uh, this ownership group can pay it. So if they want Sean Payton and they've zeroed in on Sean Payton, I think there's a pretty good chance they get him. Well, you're saying that Greg uh, Penner could be a hard-driving man and maybe the angel in orange and blue, to paraphrase? There you go. There you go. Yeah. I think <sighs> so, man. I, I've been very impressed with these guys. And I've met a few of them. I met Greg Penner, mm-hmm. uh, Damari Leach, or Damani Leach. Damani Leach, yeah. Yeah, I called him Damari. <laughs> uh, I called him Damari at our last road game. I ran into him in the cafeteria. Mm-hmm. You know, just real quickly, we were talking about Damari Mathis during the game. So it was right before halftime. Dave and I were on the air talking about Damari Mathis. I ran back into the uh, the commissary back there, and I almost bumped right into Damani Leach. I said, hey, Damari, how you doing? Then I walked away and like, God, oh, man, I called him by his wrong name. And so it bothered me for like the whole rest of the day. Mm-hmm. And then we got on the plane together to leave and I bumped into him again. Yeah. And I just said, hey, man, you know what? Back there at the stadium, I called you Damari. I know your name is not Damari. And he said, oh, I didn't even notice. And I said, well, I, I said, I felt like a total douchebag. <laughs> so I just I just wanted to apologize. And he said, and he that's laughed. no problem, Ralph. It, Yes, he he laughed and walked away. But yeah. uh, but he said he's a cool dude. I mean, you're looking at these uh, 
this ownership group, man, you're looking at the Ivy League people, the Stanford mm-hmm. people, man. These, this is a really smart group of business people, and uh, I have confidence they're going to pick the right guy. Well, I hope so. I, I I do have confidence that they will turn the the Broncos business aspect of things and, and, and make them a crown jewel team in the NFL. Not that they weren't already upper tier in that regard, but my concern is, is that we're talking about, you know, uh, guys that, that aren't football people. I mean, Damani Leach is, uh, very much is, but Greg Penner and Robson Walton are not. And my concern there is, is that the right Ah, what's the right word to use here? Uh, The the right, a a candidate with a good sales pitch might sell them a little bit better than somebody who's been around football for a long time. Although I say that, and then a candidate with a sales pitch sold somebody who'd been around football for a long time in the last cycle. Well, you know what? I can tell you this for a fact. They are talking to really smart Mm -hmm. football people that are not a part of the organization. And I know that for a fact. Yes. I'm not talking about me. They haven't talked to me about it. Well, you were the first person they asked. You know, they needed to get that Naperville High School connection. But Yeah, it's the Naperville Central connection. Central, that's right. uh, That really got things going with Sean Page. But (laughs) (laughs) honestly, uh, they are talking to really smart football people and bouncing things off of them, which you would expect them to do. You know, they've fully admitted that uh, they don't know much about the game, Mm -hmm. but they know a lot about business and how to operate a successful business. And so they know what they're doing. Well, I we always know that you know what you're doing, Rick. We always love uh, having you on here, and I, I think that's a great point. I do. Uh, I, I think that if you're able to identify what you don't know, if you're able to admit that you don't know what you don't know, I mm-hmm. think that's a, that's always a sign of a, of a very intelligent person. So hopefully they'll get this thing done. Rick, uh, always love talking to you. It always goes too fast, man. Yeah, it's always good talking to you, Ben. You have a good weekend, and uh, we'll uh, catch up again next week. Absolutely, brother. Take care. All right, man. Rick Thank Lewis, you. color analyst for the Denver Broncos. Let's run out to the Horseshoe Blackhawk KOA Traffic Center. It's Katie Mitchell. Welcome back, Broncos Country tonight. Benjamin Albright, Michael Coover. We're gonna have the Let's Talk Broncos crew. Maybe I don't know. They're looking at me with. They're in the control room right now, and they're looking at me. Devious looks. They may just take over the show. They may. They may push me out. Yeah. We did have a question about uh, words we can say during the family hour. Since Rick Lewis threw D bag out there. This is BCD 2.0. Whatever you want to say. Let's make it happen. FCC fines? I'm not paying them. <laughs> oh, on the text line, 56690. Love me some bricks and see you college days, 94. Everybody loves Rick Lewis, man. Rick's a, Rick's a legend. Rick's been a great mentor for me, too, helping me to, to kind of hone my craft. I'm still not as polished as I want to be, but uh, Rick does a great job of giving, you know, giving pointers, giving encouragement, stuff like that. Really does a lot behind the scenes that... Uh, a guy of his stature doesn't have to do, and it's 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 super awesome for a for a person like me. From the seven one nine, the crap fest on the other station insists that it's going to be David Shaw. Had to listen to something before the sports zoo. Uh, is insi- I guess for head coach, they're insisting it's going to be David Shaw. That would be a bit of a shocker. Although it's, I'm I'm stunned that Maybe he got. Well. Inter- I'm not stunned that he got interviewed because I think he was going to be the OC for Jim Harbaugh. I think that's the way it was going to be connected. But then the report out from the other night from Cliss 
saying that he's impressed and that he's on the list, but we'll see. Right, and there's an obvious uh, connection there with Condoleezza Rice and Stanford. And sure, I mean, Pinner is obviously a part of that as well. Right. So. I mean, they're interviewing their... Uh, I just don't know how David Shaw, a guy who's uh, never been a head coach at the NFL level, at the collegiate level, ran a, a very conservative offense. It was rather boring his last few years there. Well, as I say, the last couple of years didn't have kind of the productivity that you'd want either. I'm not opposed to David Shaw. I think he's a smart guy, but uh, I think that that would, it feels like to me, that would be a disappointment to Broncos fans. I will say his offense was unimaginative when there was no Christian McCaffrey. That's probably a fair, that's probably a fair assessment uh, when all said and done. Um so, yeah, I <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'm not insisting it's going to be David Shaw. In fact, I would say that's going to be a long shot. Uh, for the 719, Rich can be the musical director, hype man, and juicy fruit provider. Since we all know Sean Payton choose juicy fruit, it is the official gum of Sean Payton. No spearmint? No, actually, no. He absolutely adamantly does not like spearmint gum. I'm dead serious. This is a real thing. I'm not, this is not a bit I'm doing. Like, he loves juicy fruit gum. So, in other words, when we have Sean Payton on on his weekly visit on Monday after the games, we can brought to you by Wrigley's. Well, I have to say, I'm going to, if, if Sean Payton gets the job at his introductory presser, I'm going to big, bring a big pack of Juicy Fruit. And when I ask my question, the first thing, I want to give you a welcome to Denver gift coach and give a pack of Juicy Fruit. Nice. So, yeah, the, only, the things that you find out on this show that you can't get anywhere else, Sean Payton exclusively choose Juicy Fruit. Now you know. Um, from the 801, absolutely no Sean Payton. I don't want Russell having another best bud as coach. Wilson needs to be stripped of all his luxuries and knocked down a peg. Please give us Quinn. Well, I promise you I didn't text that in. Uh, from the 303, Flamethrower is the best song in the Jay Giles album. I have the LP, but no player to play it. Ooh, ooh. You gotta get a record player. Man, you can get a record player for like 50 bucks these days. Like a good one. Everything Why would you want one? Well, everything sounds better on vinyl, dude. Like, you serious, man? Everything sounds better on vinyl. Where's where's the, where's the vinyl store that you're hanging out in? That's not a vinyl store, but, I mean, you can order. You can get online and order records for anything. Like, they'll press anything into vinyl now. Go on Amazon, yeah. eBay. Yeah, all the stores have anything. There's there's actually, like, I live in Castle Rock, and there's actually a vinyl store in Castle Rock mm -hmm. where you can go pick up used records. I'd be down to go, go through there. I bet you get some good albums in there. I have no record player, so I have no. Uh, well, it's like for fifty going bucks for a record player, though. I'm just saying, it's not like it's, it's not like it's like a, a weighty purchase. It's not like it's a PlayStation Five. Well, no, it's it's messed up in the fact that I have all these CDs and I don't have a CD player to play. How, are you Michael Coover just upgraded to CD? You like finally got rid of cassette? No, I I have this phone, so now I listen <laughs> to everything on Apple iTunes. Okay, I was gonna say, why do you CDs? Who still has CDs? I, well, I have them. I I mean, I bought them way before. Can you sell them? Can you? Isn't there like remember when you could sell CDs? Like at the they still Probably do that? Probably not. And if I did sell them, that would probably get like a nickel or a dime. That's 10 cents more than you had before, right? True. Well, what, what, what can I get with that? What kind of albums I mean, I can't even go, to, can't even go to McDonald's right now and get a, a Coke for a dollar anymore. No, inflation's got you. What do, what, what do you have on CD? Like the very best of Adam Ant? I actually have the Jay Giles band. Do you really? Yeah, I oh, do. Okay. I have the Village People. I have a bunch of CDs. I believe you. I believe you do have like an extensive CD collection. Most of it's 80s stuff. Yeah, I was, like I was Def about, Leopard, I was gonna Crew, say, like how many Def White Leopard Snake, albums do you own? A ton, all of them. And of course, when they were in town at Coors Field, I went and saw them. So I wanted to go to that show. If I didn't work that night, I wanted to go because that was uh, was that it was uh, Def Leopard, Motley uh, Crue. Who else was at that show? Those were the two headliners. Yeah, I feel like White Snake was there or something too, or Poison. No, it wasn't White Snake. Rat Poison. Winger? Poison was there. Winger. 
Was it no winger? winger? It was no winger. Oh, okay. Whatever. You're listening to Broncos Country tonight here on KOA. Coming up next, we got the Let's Talk Broncos people coming on in. Can't wait to wish them a Merry Quinsmas. Listen to Broncos Country tonight here, KOA, 850 AM, 941 FM. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.